I'm Jill Anderson. This is the Harvard EdCast. The number of families enrolling children in private school has been declining over the past 50 years, according to new research by Stanford professor Sean Reardon. The shift, he says, is not only due to the closure of many Catholic schools, but also a growing income divide among American families. As more middle-class families can't afford to send their children to private school, more and more wealthy families can. This concerns Reardon, who worries that the ongoing segregation among rich and poor in America is creating an even bigger empathy gap in kids. We talked about what the findings tell us about middle-class families in America and why everyone should be concerned about what's happening with private school enrollments. First, I asked Sean why private school enrollments have been declining for decades, a fact that surprised me considering the pressures of standards and assessments in public schools. I think it would be reasonable to think they might be going up, but if anything, uh, the long-term trends have been downward. In 1970 or so, maybe 11% of school-age kids went to private school, and now it's down around 9%, so a slight decline over that long period. The big reason is that many fewer middle-class students go to private school than used to, and partly that's because the schools they used to go to are both more expensive and there are fewer of them, Catholic schools predominantly. Right. I mean, I was looking at the findings, and it almost just seems like middle-income families are just being priced right out of private school. I think that's right. I mean, over that time period, the real income of a middle-class family has not grown very much. But the tuition at not just at kind of elite private schools, but also at Catholic private schools and other religious-affiliated private schools has gone up dramatically, fourfold, fivefold. And so it's gotten a lot harder to afford even a religious or Catholic private school than it was 40 years ago. But the one group, it seems, who are not having this issue is obviously the very affluent families in America. And it seems like, if anything, it's basically increasing. Everything's increasing for them. That's right. So the real income of high-income folks in the U.S. has gone up dramatically over that time period. And They've done two things with that income with regards to schooling. They've moved increasingly to suburban or exurban communities with very high housing prices and public schools that are considered quite good. And they've continued to enroll their kids in private school, particularly when they're not living in those affluent exurban areas with perceived high-quality schools. In some ways, you might have thought the private school enrollment rate would go up faster for them given all their extra income and given the perceptions of quality of public schools. But they have enough income to move to those communities where people still regard the public schools as quite good. And so they're fleeing perhaps school districts where they perceive the public schools are of low quality either by moving or by sending their kids to private schools. And they can afford to do so given the big increases in their income. One of the things I think about is There are not a huge number of American children in private school. I think the paper said something like less than 10% of American children attend private school. That's right. Why are these gaps in their enrollment important for us to look at and think about? You know, if you think broadly about where do American children go to school, and you think about the extent to which 
the families of kids with lots of resources go to school. Those are the schools that are going to get the most attention and most investment. And if high-income children are disproportionately in private schools and, and even among private schools disproportionately in expensive elite private schools, that's going to take some of the attention of, of the folks with the most resources in America away from the public system. So one in six high-income families sends their kids to private schools, and almost half of those send their kids to what you might think of it as an elite, you know, non-sectarian private school. And so that's a lot of folks with a lot of resources whose attention and resources aren't focused on the public system. And And what you might worry about is that then that has consequences for the families whose kids are in the public system because they're not benefiting from, from the kind of resources and attention of, of those with the most power and, and capital. You know, when you talk about the consequences and things and looking at where people are sending their kids, one of the things that I thought was really interesting about this research is how you see these shifts based on region and how it kind of is very different if you're looking at the South and the West versus the Northeast and the Midwest. One of the patterns we see is that in the Northeast and the Midwest, there's a bigger decline in private school enrollment rates over this time period than there is in the South and West. And that largely has to do with the decline of Catholic private schools. Many of the Catholic schools are located in the Midwest and the Northeast, and and the number of Catholic schools has declined quite substantially since the 1950s and 1960s, and that decline has been most pronounced in the Northeast and the Midwest. And what that's meant is that the middle-class families who traditionally sent their children to Catholic schools, who, by the way, aren't only Catholics, so Mm -hmm. lots of non-Catholic families have traditionally sent their kids to Catholic schools, particularly in urban areas, that there's fewer options. Uh, And at the same time, the tuition at the remaining Catholic schools has gone up substantially, and so it's become a less affordable option, even where there still are Catholic schools. The private school sector in the South and Midwest has not traditionally been predominantly Catholic, and so they haven't felt the same decline as a result of the declining Catholic schools. But you do see more affluent families in the South and West enrolling in private schools. Yeah, the number of affluent families is fairly constant, I think, across the country in terms of their enrollment in private schools. It's really the middle class where Mm -hmm. things differ. Socioeconomic status is really what's kind of driving this. It's not as much about race as it is about money. That's right. Among high-income families, black, Hispanic, and white families send their kids to private schools at roughly the same rate. But far fewer black and Hispanic families fall into that high-income category. And so there are much, much lower enrollment rates among blacks as a whole or Hispanics as a whole than whites. Once you sort of compare folks of the same income, there aren't very large differences. Mm-hmm. Do you think that enrollment in charter schools could have impacted private school enrollment? Yeah, that's a good question. We weren't able to look at that specifically. But if you think that maybe families who are sort of dissatisfied with the traditional public schools and are sort of looking around for other options, in some places, charter schools may be an appealing option that's more affordable because it's tuition-free than a private school. That may have taken some folks away from the private sector. But I doubt that that's a big part of the story. And part of the reason is that the decline in private school enrollments we see, particularly among the middle class, over the last 40 years 
didn't start in the last decade when Mm -hmm. charter schools really became prominent. It's been a long trend that really started in the late 1960s and has sort of continued steadily. So, So I don't think charter schools are the main driver of the trend, though in some markets they may play a small role. As someone who does a lot of research and looks at a lot of issues of inequality, do you have any concerns as you see this type of shift? Well, I get concerned generally about segregation. And by that, I don't mean what we think of as sort of the de facto legalized segregation of, you know, the South 60 years ago, but more the the kind of fact that low-income and high-income students or students of different racial and ethnic backgrounds are increasingly unlikely to attend school together. And that has some potential real consequences for the more disadvantaged students, partly because they're not attending schools that have the attention of, of the affluent, highly resourced folks, but also because all students then aren't getting the experience of going to school with people from different backgrounds. And so I worry it creates a kind of empathy gap mm-hmm. that students don't grow up understanding the perspectives of kids who have fewer resources than them or come from more difficult circumstances or live in less advantaged neighborhoods than them. And I think if we want a society where we really have a sense of collective understanding and a collective investment in the well-being of everyone, we want kids to grow up with some understanding of kids who grow up with less advantage than them and and more, more challenges so that they can grow up to be kind of empathetic members of a democratic society. So at some sort of big level, I think we worry a little bit about the increasing separation or stratification or segregation of students in education. And by that, we mean sort of broadly, not just public, but also the the differences between the public and private sector. So that's kind of one of the things that the findings in this study raised for me is a kind of worry that they might have some consequences for how kids grow up and how they learn to be members of a functioning democracy. Right. And it is really startling how much more segregated schools as a whole have become. So it's alarming. That's right. I mean, over the last few decades, families have become more segregated by income. So high and low income kids are increasingly more likely to grow up in communities with kids of only similar backgrounds. And that means schools have also become more economically segregated, both public schools as well as this distinction between the public and private sector. So all of that is part of what happens in a society like ours where you have rapidly growing economic inequality, Mm -hmm. the distance not just in income but in physical space and in kind of where kids go to school between the rich and the poor has grown a lot. And I worry that that's just not good for our kids. What can we do? do to kind of push back against this this cultural segregation that everyone kind of is playing sort of some part in, you know? Is there anything that we can do, especially when you think about private schools? Yeah, it's a challenging thing because I think as a country, we sort of pride ourselves on choice and freedom, and we've always had a system that has had a sort of rich public system, but also had the freedom for families to choose private educational options for their kids, particularly religious ones, because of our belief in religious freedom. And and so I don't think anyone wants to go back on, on that or change that. Mm-hmm. I, I certainly wouldn't. But I also think in the last few decades, Americans have increasingly viewed 
education and schooling as mostly a private good and not at all a collective good. And certainly, as a parent, we want our kids as individuals to get a great education. But I think we also need to kind of keep in mind that as a country, as a population, we want all of our children to get a good education and to learn how to be kind of empathetic, cooperative, collegial members of a well-functioning democratic society. And that's hard to do when we increasingly live and send our kids to schools in sort of siloed environments. And so we need to, I think, figure out how to rebalance our interest in the both the private good of education and the kind of public good of, of education in a democracy. I don't know how to do that. Um, <laughs> and saying we wish it isn't going to make it happen. But I do think it's something we need to think hard about and work on doing. Thank you so much, Sean, for taking the time to talk with me today. Yeah, it's been my pleasure. Thank you. Sean Raritan is a professor of poverty and inequality in education at Stanford Graduate School of Education. He is co-author of the recently published Who Goes to Private School in the fall issue of Education Next. I'm Jill Anderson. This is the Harvard EdCast produced by the Harvard Graduate School of Education. Thanks for listening.